Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And, of course, I've been telling you about Call Me By Your Name since I saw it one year ago at the Sundance Film Festival. So I'm happy to have as a guest today Golden Globe nominee Army Hammer, who's here. Yeah, buddy. Nice to see you. Time to be festooned with awards. Well... Time to ride Luca Guadagnino and Timothy Chalamet's coattails is, is how I look at it. I don't think so. It's like uh, this is a two-hander that's going on here between the two of you. Really difficult thing to pull off. And you guys did it. And when I see you all the time, you say, well, we were like there for a day and a half. Or <laughs> yeah. we really didn't have a lot of time to do it. So explain at the top of the thing for those people who haven't, despite me screaming at them to see it, right. haven't done it yet. Okay. What's in store for them? You will see a love story. And that's the easiest and most simplest way to put it. Uh, Luca Guadagnino, in his genius, was able to sort of boil down and distill all of the elemental human emotions of what it feels like to be infatuated with somebody and what it feels like to fall in love with somebody and for what it feels like to really make yourself vulnerable enough to say to somebody, this is how I feel about you and this is who I am. I open myself up and I present it to you. And then to have that sort of received and then reciprocated in a beautiful way between two human beings... Uh, it's, it's one of those things that regardless of your orientation or identification, you can walk out and you will immediately be taken back to the first time you felt all of the same emotions. It is. That's the thing about it to me. It's first mm. love. It is, yeah. You know, maybe not for Oliver, you know. Yeah. He's had some experience. He's the graduate student. Sure. But uh, Timothy Chalamet in, in playing Elio is... This is the first time that yeah. he's felt this kind of thing. I think there's also an element, too, that it is the first time for Oliver that he really allows himself to access these parts of himself that he's sort of tucked away or hidden away. Uh, he allows himself to go somewhere and go someplace with someone because there is such an organic feeling and an experience to be had there. Uh, and I think it scares him a little bit, too. Well, yeah, because he felt that he's being judged. I mean, we hear, the, we see those scenes. Right, yeah. Now, whenever I'm feeling sorry for you two, because, you know, you were doing this, this is a difficult thing to do, you didn't know each other, you had to create chemistry. But Luca Guadagnino took you to his home, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, we, we, we were in his hometown. We were in the little tiny yeah. town of Crema, which is a beautiful, idyllic Italian countryside town. And we would shoot, and because it's Italy, you shoot about eight or nine hours a day, which is much more civilized than sort of like the American 12 or 14 hour a day kind of thing. So we'd be done every day by six or seven o'clock at night, and then we would all go back to Luca's apartment, and he would cook a beautiful meal for us, and we would eat, and we would talk about the day, we'd have some wine, and then he'd put on a movie and say, okay, now, you know, because he's, he's really sort of like a film historian, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he started out as a film critic. So he would say, this film is important because of this, that, that is now, watch this scene, because this is the first time anything like this had ever been attempted before. And so it was like... Uh, we oh, so would, he's showing you. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. Letting you he's educating. He's and he took a lot of joy in educating and sort of showing and sharing his accumulated knowledge about film. I don't know if that would be intimidating, you know, after a while. Okay, look at this, this classic scene yeah, right. that nobody has ever been able to match. But do that. I just want that feeling, but not the same. By the way, there was definitely elements of that where he said, okay, now look at this look that she gives in this one frame. I've never seen anyone be able to do this before. This is the most beautiful thing. And that's what I want you to do on this scene. And I go... 
with that? And he's like, not like that. No, she did that. You have to do your own version. You go, I don't know what that means. How do I apply that? You but know. just as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Better. Just as good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to you earlier, uh, not earlier today, but before when we were first talking about this wonderful movie. Because to me, it's... It's just one of the peak experiences anybody can have at the movies uh, to just go and watch this and to feel those things that mm. it brings out in us. Right. But you and, and Timmy Chalamet did not know each other. No. We met in Crema. We'd never met before. We'd never spoken on the phone. We never exchanged emails. Nothing. So there was really kind of uh, ambiguity to it of like, am I going to know this guy? Am I going to like this guy? Are we going to be able to do this? But, but well, those two don't know each other either. So maybe right, that really right. works. You know, they're yeah. just basically meeting each other and doing that. Yeah. And Luca's sort of whole rationale for it was, if I love you and I love him and I think that you guys are both great, then you'll like each other. No problem. And fortunately it worked. I'm sure there's been instances where that hasn't worked, but, uh, Lucky enough for Timmy and I, it worked. Yeah, what are you talking about? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You might like this guy. Yeah, I, I think we should major. do. I think we should do a rehearsal. I hate rehearsing. Oh boy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, we won't do that. Yeah. But what was that first thing that he made you do together? I remember you starting to tell me this story. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luca calls us one day uh, after we'd kind of been riding bikes around, and he goes, "He goes, I want to do a rehearsal." And we're like, "Great. Yeah, we'd love to." So we gathered all of our stuff, all of our materials. And he's like, let's meet at the villa where we, we shot the movie, mm-hmm. which is about five or ten minutes outside of town. So we all meet up at the villa, and we get out there, and Luca goes, it's a beautiful day. Let's go rehearse outside. We thought, wow, this is, I've never done a rehearsal outside. This is great. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, sure. So we go outside, and as we're walking out, he goes, maybe we just do scene, I don't know, 47. You know, and he just sounded like he picked an arbitrary number. He's like, okay, well, we've got to start somewhere. Might as well start there. So we kind of get our script, and we go... And the only thing it says on that scene is, Elio and Oliver roll around in the grass making out. <laughs> Great. So I was just like, okay, well, that's why we're here. Yeah. I guess we might as well get, let's break some ice, you know. And so we start, we kind of get down on the ground, and we, we start kissing and, and the whole thing. And, and after a few seconds, Luca goes, stop, 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 stop. What are you doing? And they go, uh, we're trying to roll around on the grass and make out. He goes, this is terrible. It doesn't look like you even want to kiss each other. I want you to make out. I want to feel the passion. And we were like, you know what? That's good direction. You are right. That is, this, that, this whole thing doesn't work if that's not there. So, so then we start again, and we're making out, 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 to the point where like, we kind of stopped. We were like, no one's saying stop. And I remember I kind of pulled away, and I looked up, and Luca was gone. He just left us there <laughs> in the grass making out. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so That was our only, only rehearsal. rehearsal. Right. Yeah. So then you had that whole thing nailed. Then we were ready. Yeah. 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 Did you have any trepidations about this when you took this part? Was it? I mean, you had played a gay character when you were Clyde Tolson right, and Jay yeah. Edgar. You mm-hmm. know, even though there wasn't a lot of making out. Just in that one. Yeah. Just one film. kiss. Yeah. yeah. Just that one moment with right. Leonardo DiCaprio that you have in that yeah. movie. But uh, did you feel any twinges? You know, I. I definitely had reservations, but it wasn't about playing a gay character or it wasn't about, it wasn't really about anything like that. It was more about the fact that this was going to be the most emotionally vulnerable I've ever had to be on film. Um, this, this story, because there's no creatures, there's no special effects, there's no big set pieces, this thing only propels itself by the little emotional moments that happen between the characters. And if any of them don't work, the movie doesn't work. And that's really kind of a daunting thing as an actor. It's like you can't hide behind anything. So I knew that, and especially knowing Luca and having spent so much time with him and talked to him before I signed on to do it, 
I knew that he was the kind of director that if we were doing a scene and someone wasn't emotionally connected, he'd go, stop, stop, stop. Where are you? Yeah. What's going on with you? Yeah. You're not here. Where yeah. are you? Yeah. You need to be here. Yeah. And he's Come that, back from wherever you are. Exactly. And yeah. he's that astute and he's that sort of aware of what's going on that if, if I couldn't bring that emotional honesty and vulnerability, then it wouldn't work. And that was really kind of scary, but in a good way. You know, it's like yeah. one of those things of, I guess, pressure makes diamonds. You know, I knew that there was a lot of pressure to make, to make it all work. You know? How do you react with all the praise that's happened, that's heaped on the movie and you and Timothy and Michael Stubark? Is it, do you separate yourself from it? Like you get this Golden Globe nomination and the Oscar nominations are coming up and all this happens. Do you let it get inside? Now, you know, the thing about it is, is, is I always say I've got an analogy for it where, you know, we, we got to make this movie. So whatever people experience or feel when they watch the, you know, hour and 45 minute distilled version of it, we got to live that for two months. Mm-hmm. And it was the greatest gift, you know, that, that Luca could have given us. Um, so in a way, it was like a delicious cake that we got to have. And now that, you know, at a certain point with any sort of like artistic endeavor, there comes a point where you have to like let it go out into the world and let it grow and do its own thing that you really have no control over. So now we've sort of released our baby out to the world and mm-hmm. people are responding well to it. And that's great, but it's only just icing on an already delicious cake. Yeah, it's already something that you did. Yeah, if, if, if I did this and it came out and nobody saw it and nobody was crazy about it, then I would still carry with me the same experience of having made it. Mm-hmm. Well, go you starting in this business, you know, what what motivated you to do it? You come from a family the name is very well known. Your great grandfather, philanthropy, oil tycoon, all yeah. of that stuff. How do you move from the family business into being an actor? I just didn't want to do anything with that. I didn't want to do the family, but I didn't want to do anything like that. Like I just, I loved movies from the time I, from the time I was a kid, and like the earliest time I can remember, I just loved watching movies. And it, it was later in life that I was able to sort of like translate that into, well, then I should just do that. Like if this is the thing that I love, I should just do that. Mm-hmm. And. You know, no one in the family was ex- extremely thrilled about it at extremely first. Extremely thrilled? What they did? They stage an intervention? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure they did. I mean, I don't remember now. I don't remember any specific ones at this point. But I'm sure there were moments of like, "Are you sure?" And it's like, "Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty damn sure. This is what I'm going to do." What, did that change when you had success? And yeah, yeah, at different points. Yeah, like uh, I did, you know, one thing that my dad loved, and then that kind of turned him around. And then I did another thing that my mom loved, and that kind of turned her around. And and it's been, you know, peaks and valleys, especially with, with both of them. Um, but, but yeah, it's... it's what about been, this one? Uh, That's a tough one. Yeah, neither of them have seen it yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. On purpose? Yeah. Or are you just uh, afraid to show it to them? No, no, no. Uh, I, they just haven't... They, they live kind of elsewhere, and they just haven't, they, haven't, uh, they haven't seen it yet. Well, you, you should arrange that. You know, I've, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. Because they're your parents. Right. So in the end, we're always, even though we say, I want to do movies, I want to yeah. be an actor, I yeah. want to do this, but we still feel... I think my mom is a little conservative for it, to be perfectly really? honest. Yeah, yeah. She's so, going to hold back a little, too. I, th- I think that she has issues with the movie, uh, which is funny because she's never actually seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. And my dad, you know, he, he basically lives down on the Cayman Islands, so I don't even know if the movie's gone down there yet, so... You lived on the Cayman Islands, though, when you were a kid. Did, what yeah. was that like? It was paradise. 
Was it? Yeah, it was like a. It was. Was a, there a lot of movies to see? Yeah, I mean, there were. There was one movie theater that had two screens, so <laughs> well, every, every okay. weekend I'd go. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically when I was a kid, uh, Titanic had just come out in theaters down there, and it was doing so well and so successful that the movie theater was like, "I bet we can make a lot more money if we just show Titanic on both screens." And it was like that for months. So I would always go to the movies on the weekends. So there, I mean, I probably saw the Titanic movie. Ten times in theaters, just because I was going to go to the movies anyway. I remember you first, where you had this dramatic impact on me from Social Network, where mm-hmm. you get to play the Winklevoss twins. Yeah. Not just one, but two. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure David Fincher could have said, "Well, we'll have somebody that looks like you," but no. Yeah. You're the you're playing both of these guys. I think it was just such an important part of their sort of existence. The fact that they are identical twins. Uh, you know they. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure they shared an email address, they shared a cell phone, you know, they, they, they were identical twins. They did everything together. They rode together, they went to school together, they developed businesses together, so it was just such a huge part of trying to tell these guys stories that they were kind of the same person, or at least cut from the same cloth, if not you know, opposite corners of the mm-hmm. same cloth. Yeah, did they respond to your performance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I met them after we made the movie, and they were like, great, great. It's about time someone told our story. And I was oh, like, that was it. Okay. Yeah. I thought it would be, you did a better job with my brother than no, you did no, no. with me. No, I, I still can't tell the two guys apart. They're that <laughs> identical. Yeah. Because when you, you're an actor, and you create roles, and then you live with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they're gone, but are they gone? They, there's a little bit on the hard drive that's in your head that, sure. that doesn't go away, that's that true. stays there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Are, there, are there performances that you've done that stay even more on your hard drive that you can't get rid of no matter what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this one definitely, this one definitely mm-hmm. is a clinger in that sense. Uh, every now and then I'll also find myself having a conversation with myself in a Russian accent, sort of like the man from Uncle, Uncle thing. Yeah. And I'll just Ilya like, Kriakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, what the hell am I doing? I'll be like, maybe I should talk to somebody about this, you know? <laughs> well, because it took you a while to do it then? To yeah, get we were that doing that for a long time. time. And, uh, you know, we, we shot that movie for a while. And, you know, the same thing with this. It's like, it was also a very special experience for me. And to get to do it and to get to work with Guy and Lionel Wigram and, and Henry and all that. It, it was, it was, it, we traveled the world. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. When you do a movie and you give your 100% to it and it comes out like Lone Ranger. Yeah. Playing the Lone Ranger. But it wasn't a successful movie. It was for me, though. Like, it was that's for thing. you. Like, See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the yeah. experience of doing it is good for you. So yeah. how much does it hurt when the public isn't lining up for it? You know, it's funny. Uh, that one probably stung the most because of, you know, I mean, we shot that for 10 months. We had 167 yeah. shoot days. And well, you got to hang with Johnny Depp, which can't be to hang with bad. Johnny Depp, yeah. which was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, rode a horse through a moving train. I, I was thrown off of buildings. I was dragged behind horses. I was buried up to my neck you know i just i did all these really kind of extreme mm-hmm. fun things uh and put a lot of sort of sweat equity into it but that was my first experience of having everyone for one reason or another be like that movie sucks and then i was like wait what like we put a lot of work into this go f- yourself. come up to you on the street well say- now you know now it's really funny I, that is the movie that more than anything more than any movie i've ever done come up to me i mean if I'm in an airport, if I'm wherever, someone will come up to you and go, "Hey, man, I gotta say, I watched Lone, I watched Lone Ranger again recently. That's a lot of fun. Like, what a, that was a great fun <laughs> movie. So that's the one where it's like people have kind of turned around on that one. So the initial response was really kind of 
people seem to vehemently hate it for one reason or another, and now people are sort of coming over and saying, you know, I liked that more than I thought I would. But you have the role of the roles now, the father. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. How does that change you? How does that change you from who you were before? It, it, it removes a lot of the focus that you might be just putting on yourself, and it forces you in the most wonderful way to now say, my life is no longer just about me. It's now about these human beings that my wife and I created. Like, this is crazy. I need to take care of them. And it, it, it forces your attention. Excuse me. It forces your attention off of yourself. How old are they now? I've got a daughter who uh, just turned three and a son who will be one in uh, about two weeks. So they're, they're not viewers of Call Me By Your Name yet. Not yet. Not you know, yet no. I guess they have to be The five. only movie of mine that my daughter has seen is Cars, and that's, that's it. And well, she, that fits your voice, though. Right, yeah. And she also was like, after about ten minutes, she was like, Dada. And I go, yeah. She goes, that's your voice. And I go, yeah. She goes, that's not your face. And I go, no. And she goes, oh. Can I watch Moana now? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, fine. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. she acknowledged you. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, That's enough. Yeah. When they get to be 13, then there'll be a whole other thing. Then they'll they, be like, oh, Dad, <laughs> I don't want to watch your Please movie. Please don't, do don't do any of that. Don't do any of that. Yeah. Well, you know that this show endlessly ends in song. This I'm is what is, this is an exciting thing. You know, I yep. read you did Annie and you played Rooster in Annie when you were in what high school? Oh, even before that, I was like in seventh grade. Yeah, I was really young. So you were drawn to the musical theater. I think yeah, you were I, singing Easy Street. Easy Street. That's right. That's right. Uh, I yeah, that's right. <laughs> if I remembered the words, I would sing that one. Uh, I. I I think I was just drawn to the concept of, of acting and, and being on stage and all that. And uh, the only thing my school was offering at the time was a musical. So I just did it. I, I think it's fine. But you must sing to your kids. I do. I do. Give yeah, me yeah. something of that then. Let's make it sweet then. Uh, when I'm bouncing my son around yes, and I'm trying yes. to get him to sleep. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Don't <laughs> make me do this. Come on. Uh, I just I just like ramble, so I, I kind of start with I'm like, who's my little buddy, my sweet little buddy? We love you more than any other thing, except your sister. We love you both equally. You're my little buddy, my sweet little, and it just goes on. And I on and love on. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's award caliber. You yeah. should be. The next thing will be a musical. Now I'm actually just. sweating. <laughs> Army, I'm so happy for you. So proud of what you've done. This is like a great time. So you should yeah. just enjoy. Well, enjoy. thank you, Peter. Thank you for great having me. Great to have you. Good to talk to you.